Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Andrew Gam, Director of Brand Development of Pizza Patron, Inc. Today we will discuss Pizza Patron's Pizza for Pesos campaign and their marketing strategies to reach Latino consumers. Andrew is responsible for establishing core brand values with the objective of strengthening brand equity within the company and publicly. Before joining Pizza Patron, Andrew worked as creative director, lead production designer, and graphic artist with global brand management companies such as Seven Worldwide and Schwack Inc. He has provided complex marketing solutions for companies such as Coca-Cola and has created complete branding solutions for startup restaurant concepts such as Wingstop. He strives to maintain consistent brand integration across all media. Pizza Patron serves Latinos in Texas, Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, and California and has aggressive expansion plans for the U.S. as well as Mexico and Latin America. Pizza Patron features fun and festive carry-out and dine-in pizza stores that are community-based in Spanish-speaking or predominantly Hispanic neighborhoods. Andy, welcome. Thank you, Elena. Thanks for having me on this morning. I think that there are a lot of people out there that want to hear all about you guys and what you've been doing and why all this controversy. Why don't we start with, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about Pizza Patron. Sure. Pizza Patron uh, is a 21-year-old company, believe it or not. Uh, we've been uh, actively uh, involved in, in, in communities here in the Dallas market uh, with just a few stores uh, until about four years ago when we made the decision to open a corporate office and uh, begin growing uh, the concept through franchise distribution. Who is your target audience? Well, that's a pretty simple question for us. Uh, you know, a lot of restaurant concepts uh, struggle to find who their customer is and uh, do a lot of research, um, do a lot of surveys, and, and, and try to hone in on uh, their target audience. For us, the decision was made uh, a long time ago. Our target, target audience is the Hispanic family, and uh, we've been serving Hispanic communities uh, since 1986 here in Dallas, and uh, as we grow, um, we locate our stores exclusively in predominantly Hispanic neighborhoods. You won't find a Pizza Patron in areas that don't uh, have a high density uh, of that population or that demographic. Um, that's uh, pretty much what we're all about. When you say Hispanic neighborhoods, are you referring to Spanish dominant, recently arrived immigrants, or do you also target English dominant, acculturated Hispanics? That's a great question. Uh, even with our narrow brand focus, developing Pizza Patron uh, as the premier Latino pizza brand, uh, as you know, there's a, a wide variety of backgrounds and levels of uh, acculturation and assimilation here in the U.S., and uh, our goal is to include all of those uh, backgrounds. So um, w when we target uh, a community as, as being a potentially good site uh, for one of our stores, for example, we're not so much looking uh, for um, uh, first generation, second generation, third generation uh, 
that type of information, we're looking for uh, bodies that uh, are of Hispanic uh, background. And we find that uh, with our experience, uh, we're able to serve uh, that particular group, uh, whether uh, you're third or fourth generation and, and fully acculturated into the U.S., uh, or whether you, you recently arrived from Mexico and uh, are maybe in the process of uh, uh, just assimilating and, and, and uh, becoming legal in this country. Are your owners Hispanic? How is it that you decided to reach out to this particular market group? Well, it, it happened uh, rather by accident in the beginning. Uh, the founder of the company, Antonio Swad, uh, had a dream of owning his own pizza business. And he arrived in Dallas about 21 years ago uh, with everything he owned and, and opened the first pizza store uh, in the only area uh, he could afford to open a store. And it was the Pleasant Grove area of Dallas. Uh, and uh, immediately after opening his store, uh, he realized he had a problem. Many of the customers coming into the store spoke Spanish, uh, and he had difficulty um, accommodating that customer and he quickly realized that uh, he either had to pick up and move to another area where maybe he would be more comfortable servicing a, a customer base that uh, provided him a comfort level or uh, seize the opportunity to uh, provide a higher level of service to this particular group and he decided to seize the opportunity and um, very shortly after opening the first store uh, he opened a second and a third store specifically uh, targeting uh, the densest Hispanic areas in, in Dallas. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't a, a genius idea from the beginning. Uh, it kind of fell into his lap, uh, but uh, very quickly saw, saw the tremendous opportunity uh, to serve a community that, uh, uh, particularly back then, was very overlooked and, and very underserved. Are there other pizza companies in your markets that are specifically targeting Latino consumers? You know, we don't know of any. Uh, and that was one of the things that we love uh, about our position in the market is that uh, we looked uh, across the U.S. And, and we couldn't identify anyone else uh, that was specifically gearing their entire brand towards connecting uh, with the Hispanic consumer uh, in the pizza business. Um, there was one other concept that we're aware of that in California, a company called La Pizza Loca that has about 60 locations in Southern California. And that was about the closest thing that we could find uh, to a concept uh, that catered exclusively to Hispanics, but they didn't seem to have a, a, a national or international vision for that concept. And we thought this was a great chance for Pizza Patron to take its claim out there in the market and uh, be uh, a pioneer in the marketplace. And uh, as, as many uh, people know that are in this business, uh, particularly in the food business, it's a very competitive business. And if you can find a way to differentiate yourself uh, from your competitors, that gives you an advantage uh, from the get-go. And, uh, you know, we're very happy uh, focusing on this particular niche and uh, totally satisfied with, with that being uh, our goal uh, into the future. How many stores do you have? Well, right now we've got 59 stores. 
Uh, excuse me. We just opened two in the last couple nights. We've had 61 stores open now uh, in five states. And you're planning to expand to other states and outside the country as well. Is that right? Yes, that's true. Uh, we, we've been uh, franchising now for uh, a little over three years, and uh, we've grown pretty aggressively. Uh, we think that uh, the next couple years are going to be very big for us, and uh, we expect to enter uh, a lot of new markets that we're not currently uh, in. Uh, you know, there's areas in this country, Chicago, for example, uh, has a very large uh, Hispanic demographic that uh, would be a great fit for our brand, and we're just looking for the right partners uh, to enter markets like Chicago, uh, Miami, New York, uh, and other markets like uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, that are uh, maybe not as large but very fast-growing um, among this segment. You mentioned that as of four years ago when you started offering franchise opportunities was when really things started picking up. Do you have Latino franchise owners? We do, and uh, one of our goals is to, uh, as we develop this brand, not only uh, publicly uh, to communicate and, and make a connection with our customers, but behind the scenes to have uh, this company uh, not only staffed uh, with the appropriate people, but, but to have franchise partners, uh, particularly independent owner-operators uh, that come into the system. Uh, you know, obviously, if they're of Hispanic heritage, uh, it's a big help uh, because uh, they uh, are able to make a very personal connection uh, within the, the very community that surrounds their stores. And uh, I can tell you this, um, you know, we've got a variety of different backgrounds uh, when it comes uh, to our franchise partners. We've got some uh, larger multi-unit uh, developers that have had a lot of experience in the restaurant business, which is good for us, uh, all the way down to the independent owner-operators. And uh, one thing that we see consistently is that those uh, individuals that own a store, a single store, uh, seem to have success quicker uh, and are able to make uh, a more personal connection to, uh, to the communities that they serve. And oftentimes they'll go from one store to two stores to three stores and, and grow within our system. So that uh, that's something that is important to us. Uh, I guess to answer your question, we, we do have uh, a number of uh, Hispanic owner-operators in our system. Uh, we've got quite a few that have gone from uh, opening one store to adding a second and a third. Um, and uh, have plans to, to continue growing, uh, which, which is great because uh, it becomes uh, very impactful on a lot of levels for their families. Uh, not only uh, have they become independent uh, and become their own boss, but as they grow, their organization grows, and they develop opportunities uh, within their own organization to bring family members in and, and to provide opportunities for uh, friends and family uh, that they might not have otherwise seen before. So uh, we love what we do, and uh, we think that uh, uh, there's a tremendous opportunity, particularly in this country and w with this brand focus, for uh, people to find success and, and to find it rather quickly. Do you know off the top of your head what percentage or approximately how many of the 61 stores are Latino-owned, Hispanic-owned? 
I think we've got, uh, you know, because we've got multi-store developers, uh, the percentage of our Latino ownership is around 40 percent uh, of the owners that we have are of Hispanic background. Uh, the interesting thing about our concept is uh, in order to develop with us, uh, we you have to make a very strong commitment to the Hispanic community. Um, and I'll give you an example. Uh, built right into our uh, contract, our uniform franchise offering circular, uh, the franchise agreement that is signed by everybody in our system requires that the store managers live in the trade area where the stores are located and that uh, they're fluently bilingual. And so uh, right there, we believe that that allows the store to plug into the community uh, on a very personal level by virtue of uh, the store manager or store owner actually living in the area where the store is located. That's a perfect segue. I had heard that all of your staff are bilingual. Is that correct? Well, uh, all of the staff that comes in contact with the public, all of our point people, if they're working uh, at the front counter or answering the phone, uh, they have to be uh, fluently bilingual and ready to answer uh, customer inquiries or take orders in Spanish, English, or uh, a shotgun of both, and, and we get a little <laughs> bit of everything. So now this brings me to the next logical question. Why the success? Are you doing something special? Is it the food? Is it the language? Is it the location? How is it that you are so popular with Latino consumers? Well, uh, for us, uh, I, I believe personally that it comes down uh, to a commitment. Um, as a business, you, you know, there's many businesses uh, that are wanting uh, to find a way to get a piece of some of that Hispanic buying power out there. It's the youngest and fastest growing demographic in this country. And um, many companies have resources and, and they will assign a portion of their budget uh, to Spanish language media, for example, or reaching out to this particular group. Uh, we felt that if we wanted to have uh, brand loyal customers among this group, that we had to make a commitment uh, 100%, uh, not just uh, advertising to this group, but by developing our entire brand and making a commitment of our resources where everything we do reaches out to the community. So. A lot of our marketing and a lot of our resources are very grassroots oriented, and uh, we're very involved with with the community on a on a very local level. Uh, we participate regularly in uh, book fairs, health fairs, uh, and of course all of the festivals that we see the the Cinco de Mayo, Fiestas Patrias, and and in the many others that that come throughout the year. But we're very visible and uh, very present uh, at community-based uh, events, and I think that's uh, a big part of the reason uh, that we're well-received within our core customer, the Hispanic customer. Is there a difference in your menu compared to traditional pizza stores? Do you do something different there? Not much, and that's surprising to most people. Um, the, the pizza we serve is not a lot different than what you would find anywhere else. It's a traditional American-style pizza. Now, we do have um, chorizo on our menu, which uh, is not a typical topping uh, for the other chains to carry. But apart from that, it, it's pretty standard offerings. 
what we do is try to create an experience in our stores that's distinctly Hispanic. And what I mean by that is our core customer has a very unique background uh, and, and heritage and culture behind them. And we try to create experience in our stores that would be very representative of the experience that they might have at home. Uh, a lot of our customers uh, go to work every day, speak English, operate within uh, their community, much like everyone else does. When they go home, uh, it may be different. Uh, Spanish may be the language spoken at home. And we try to bring uh, as much of home into our little carry-out pizza stores as possible. So when that Hispanic family or, or Hispanic consumer comes into our stores, um, they're not too far from their living room, so to speak. There's a comfort level there that we try to create. Uh, you know, we've got a Latin flavor in everything uh, in our stores, the decor, the music that's piped in. Uh, but the real meat of what we do uh, has to do with the, the personal interaction between our team members, I think, and uh, our, our customers. And we work very hard to create a comfortable uh, environment, environment that you wouldn't get uh, from one of our competitors. And I think that's why we're, we're seeing the success that we have. Andy, when you say that you have a distinctive Latin flavor, even an interaction, would you share a little bit more about that? Because, of course, we know that the Latino market is so large with 45 million people scattered across the country. Are these interactions, is this flavor very distinctly Mexican, or is it generic so that other um, Hispanic Americans feel welcome. Tell us a little bit more about that, if you would. Sure. Um, in our stores, because uh, they're very community-based, uh, the, the management and the team members that are hired really reflect the community that's, here, that's there. I can tell you right now we're pretty small uh, at 60 stores, and, and the predominant number of Hispanics uh, or Latinos that visit our stores are of Mexican heritage. Um, that's just uh, a fact of, of where our stores are located right now. Um, as we grow and we get into areas like maybe New York or Miami, uh, we'll, we'll probably have a much different uh, experience inside of our stores uh, because we'll be dealing with a different Latino, somebody that's maybe from South America um, uh, or Cuba or something like that, and we want to make sure that we are inclusive uh, to all of those different backgrounds, that uh, we provide a respect for the Latino culture, whether it's Mexican heritage, whether it's uh, Argentinian, uh, you know, Paraguay, anywhere you can think of. So um, we've got a, a very narrow brand focus, but we were also malleable enough to where uh, we can make adjustments uh, within the local communities that we enter to make sure that, uh, you know, it, it might even include modifying uh, a couple of different toppings. Uh, you know, there, we might be in a situation in Miami, uh, and we're not there yet, but where we would add a couple toppings that you won't find here in Texas simply to uh, serve that customer base a little bit better. And we're aware of that, and, and, and we're ready 
uh, to make decisions along those lines. Is pizza popular among Hispanic consumers? If Has anybody looked at preferences, food preferences, any studies or anything to indicate how pizza fares in the universe of fast food among Hispanics? It's, it's very popular, and, and there has been a lot of research. You know, uh, down in Mexico, for example, some of the larger chains like Domino's do extremely well and have uh, over 600 uh, units uh, south of the border. And uh, their price structure isn't any different down there than it is up here. Uh, the economy down there is much different, so their audience and, and customer base is much smaller. They don't reach as many people because they're simply priced out. But uh, e even given that situation, uh, they found uh, an incredible amount of, of success. And, uh, you know, to, to answer your, your question straightforward, yeah, it's, it's a very popular food item among uh, Hispanic customers. Pepperoni seems to be the king. It doesn't matter where you're at, in, in this country or out of the country, uh, people love the pepperoni pizza. Is that right? Yeah. Are there any other menu items that you offer, or is it just strictly pizza? No, we, we've, uh, this last year we've expanded uh, our menu, and we've made some modifications to our system. Uh, we developed, uh, uh, as a result of, of uh, one of our strongest competitors uh, who has a very similar business model to ours, uh, Little Caesars, uh, they've been very successful with their hot and ready pizza program. and. Uh, we weren't currently offering uh, something along those lines, and uh, we were hearing about it from our customers every time a Little Caesars opened nearby. Hey, why don't you guys do the same thing? And uh, we made a decision quickly uh, to uh, open up that option for our customers, and we developed our Lista program, our, our Ready Now Pepperoni Pizza. In addition to that, uh, we added uh, a line of, of wings, uh, Fiesta Wings, uh, which have uh, somewhat of a unique twist. Uh, we, we've got uh, the traditional buffalo wing, which is it's kind of like the pepperoni pizza. If, you, if you're selling wings, you got to have buffalo. Um, then we also have a lime and pepper wing, which is very unique, uh, and it's served with a fresh cut of lime. Uh, and we have the garlic con queso, uh, which is a Parmesan-Romano cheese blend uh, uh, chicken wings. So we try to uh, develop things that are very proprietary and yet have a broad appeal um, w within our concept. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing about pizza is you've got so many options uh, to personalize and, and create pizzas that uh, appeal to you. And uh, for example, our specialty pizzas we branded, uh, and uh, they all have uh, a Latin flair to them. Our, our pizza with everything is called La Patrona. Uh, we also have a pizza called La Mexicana, which has chorizo and ground beef and onions and peppers on it, which is very popular. Uh, La Hawaiana uh, is also one of our best sellers, uh, uh, particularly in, in a lot of different markets. It's the Canadian bacon and pineapple uh, combination. So, uh, you know, we try to do things that uh, reinforce who we are to our core customer. Uh, you know, our Pizza for Pesos program uh, that uh, recently has gotten so much attention was another example of just, for us, a small way to 
to reinforce uh, our brand promise to our customer that uh, would send a message that we're here to serve you and, uh, you know, uh, would be a clear message to our customer. Never did we imagine that it would attract so much attention uh, as it has and that we would become uh, somewhat of a lightning rod uh, for the debate uh, of illegal immigration. But, uh, you know, we, we were glad to be in this position, and, and, and we were um, uh, very uh, honored and, and, and humbled by the attention that we got. And uh, it was a great experience for us, and it continues to be a great experience for us. How did that get started, Andrew? It's, it's funny. Sometimes the, the things that uh, have uh, the biggest impact and, and attract the most attention start very small. And uh, over the years, we've had customers come in and uh, tell us they've got some pesos. Can, can they pay for pesos? And, you know, we always kind of laughed it off and didn't think much of it. Um, and uh, back in December of uh, 2006, uh, we had a, a good friend in the restaurant business that said, hey, why aren't you guys taking pesos? Uh, and he was very familiar with our customer base. And um, uh, we said, well, we, we just never have really taken it seriously. But uh, we decided to, to meet the principals of the company here. And the uh, uh, funny thing is we all thought, you know what, maybe this is a good idea. And uh, the timing was good for us because many of our customers over the holidays uh, had recently visited Mexico, and they come back and uh, they've got small amounts of pesos that aren't worth exchanging uh, at the border. They just bring them home and, and tuck them away till their next trip. And we thought, hey, this is an opportunity uh, for us to make a sound business decision that would uh, not only differentiate us from our competitors because we didn't know of any other place where you could go and spend your pesos, uh, but it would also send a clear message to our core customer that uh, we're here for you. And it was a very small gesture, but uh, we thought it was a very tangible one that would send a, uh, the right message to our customers. And so uh, we made a decision to do it quickly. We rolled it out. And... Um, uh, the funny thing is, uh, we were a small article was written in the Dallas Morning News on a Saturday a few weeks back, uh, and that that afternoon, uh, news trucks started rolling uh, up at, to our stores, and uh, all of the local media picked up on the story and, and thought it was uh, interesting. And then uh, by that Monday, uh, the national media uh, was pulling satellite trucks up outside of our corporate office, so it was. A very surreal experience, uh, but what a great opportunity for a little company like ours. Uh, it, it was a windfall. And, uh, you know, uh, so many people who had never heard of us before would have no reason uh, to know who we are uh, now know who we are. And uh, whether they like, uh, like us or not, uh, we were the topic of discussion. And uh, I, I think that uh, uh, we're very pleased that uh, even though it's a hot-button issue and even though there, uh, there were some very tense and, and heated debates that took place, discussion was taking place, and it's, it's fun to be a part of that. How did your core customers respond? Did everybody flock to the stores with all of their pesos? How did that go? Well, uh, the response was good, and it was about what we anticipated it was going to be. Um, of course, the added 
media attention didn't hurt um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, at the store level, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, and our customers came in, and, and, and just as we expected, even uh, our non-Hispanic customers that had recently visited Cancun or uh, a year or two ago uh, came back from a trip to Mexico and said, hey, I've, I'm so glad I've got somewhere to get rid of these extra pesos I've got. So it validated what we thought, that there are lots of pesos in small amounts far north of the border that weren't doing anything. And um, we gave them the opportunity uh, to get rid of them, and, and we were happy. Our stores, um, obviously this... Uh, go, Going into the, the new year, this is actually one of the slower times uh, for business uh, in the pizza business for us. Um, and last week, we had uh, over 30% of our stores break all-time sales records. So it, it's been wildly successful. What percentage of the sales would you say were actually in pesos? Uh, about 15% system-wide uh, of our sales were represented in pesos. Are you going to continue the campaign? Well, as we said from the beginning, uh, we made a commitment to our customer that we would uh, run, the, run the program through the end of February, and then we would reevaluate it. Um, you know, I expect uh, as successful as it's been and as positive uh, that it's been at the store level, that uh, uh, it, it's very possible that we'll continue to make this a permanent part of our brand. Now, I know that some of the outside public, perhaps some of the people in other states, did not respond as favorably to the campaign. What can you share with us about that experience? Uh, that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we got some very heated uh, response uh, from a lot of areas, and uh, it was surprising and uh, on a lot of levels very disappointing, but uh, we do understand uh, that the connection was made to illegal immigration, which is a very hot issue. And so uh, what we found is that a lot of the response that was negative, not all of it, but, uh, but a lot of it came from areas that uh, the idea of, of pesos inside this country was so foreign to them, uh, it just caused them to have a knee-jerk reaction uh, to it that uh, was based out of fear. Um, I think that uh, the majority of folks, once they uh, took a deep breath and actually thought about what was taking place, uh, realized that really it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was simply a business decision that uh, got, got an awful lot of attention. And uh, I, I think that uh, although it started out very negative, uh, the first couple days, uh, probably 80 or 90 percent of the feedback and phone calls we were getting were, were extremely negative, uh, the tide turned. And, uh, and and went completely the other direction uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. And so we were very happy about that. From a marketing and branding point of view, Andrew, what, what sort of lessons do you take away from this? And, and maybe would you share um, some insights with us about some of your other, other marketing strategies? I know you mentioned community relations. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, even uh, having a lot of experience uh, with this customer base, uh, a lot of years under our belt, uh, we're learning uh, every day uh, what it means to serve the Hispanic community. And uh, I think we'll, we'll never be in a position uh, where we uh, 
are, are total experts on that subject. Uh, we just love people, and we love learning about this group. And uh, you know, you, you try to find ways to make a, a connection that goes deeper than just uh, a, a great value and, and a good product that goes in your mouth. You want it to become more personal than that. And, and, and most companies work very hard to do that, to, to go beyond just the, the product and price, the retail transaction, to, to find a way to, to get closer to the heart of the people they're trying to reach. Um, it's no different for us. Uh, we uh, are committed uh, to our Hispanic customer base. Uh, we've made a commitment a, a long time ago to be involved uh, within the community. And, uh, you know, as we grow and as our resources grow, I think we're going to find ourselves in a, uh, an increasingly better position to do things that uh, we weren't able to do before uh, that uh, have real meaning and uh, really contribute uh, to the success uh, of, of that community. What other tools do you use to reach out to the community? If any, do you um, do any kind of public relations beyond the, the community relations that you mentioned, any advertising? What other efforts do you pursue? Well, we, we do a little bit of everything. You know, franchising is, is a funny animal, and uh, we've got partners uh, that like to do different things to promote uh, their business. So uh, we, we do television, we do radio, uh, we've done some outdoor advertising. Um, you know, obviously we're involved at events and we have a very strong visible presence uh, at, at the events that we're involved with. Uh, we've done direct mail uh, uh, and we do a lot of simple stuff. Uh, you know, probably the majority of our marketing is as simple as it gets. Putting door hangers on doors uh, in the trade area where the store is located, and uh, taking every opportunity when we're out there with our teams to uh, evangelize and, and tell people uh, not only that that we're here to sell you some pizza at a great price, but uh, to tell a little bit deeper story about uh, who Pizza Patron is. And so, uh, I think developing a brand and, and making a connection requires commitment and uh, commitment on a very personal level you, you can't make a heartfelt connection uh, to the person you're trying to reach and build a bond of trust uh, without uh, getting to know them uh, on a more personal level and that takes time it takes effort uh, and it takes a lot of one-on-one -on -one talking and uh, we find that a lot of companies uh, at least at this point aren't ready to make that level of commitment where we are so we have a little bit of an advantage but we don't think it's going to stay that way forever uh, we know that uh, uh, there's a lot of smart people out there in business and um, just like us they're watching uh, what others do and, and if they see somebody finding success they, they will emulate it and uh, so uh, we just want to continue pushing forward uh, we, we want to make very personal connections with our customers uh, and again, that takes a lot of commitment. It takes it takes time and effort and, and, and personal energy, and uh, it's a, it's much more difficult than sitting at a desk and writing a check, you know, to air some TV commercials. Would you tell us a little bit more about the media outlet selection? Is it done by each individual store? 
is it done for all of the stores by your headquarters? How do you do that? And is there any particular media outlet that stands out? Well, because of our brand focus, uh, corporately uh, we have uh, very strict control over what goes out. Now, our franchisees have a lot of latitude to do, use different tools, but approval has to come through the corporate office. Uh, you know, it's, it's critical for us that uh, nothing we do uh, would break uh, our promise to our core customer and, and put our brand in jeopardy uh, with that customer. So we're very careful corporately to make sure that everything that goes out and everything that's done uh, gets run by us. And uh, that's one of the safeguards we have in place. And, and we've got some great partners in our system that uh, work very closely with us and, and have no problem with that. Um, we use a lot of different tools. Uh, you know, marketing is marketing and, and people are people. And, uh, you know, some tools work better than others. Uh, you know, getting people to know you're there is, is your first hurdle to get over in the community and then uh, getting them to uh, actually uh, visit the store and, uh, and open your front door and give you a shot. Uh, is the second hurdle. And so, uh, you know, being a small chain like we are with very limited resources, uh, there's a lot of footwork involved uh, at the store level. And most of our franchisees uh, realize that and, and have committed to, uh, to reaching out uh, in very basic ways uh, to reach the community around the store. And it's repetitive flyering, it's repetitive walking out on the street. Uh, you know, one of the things we do uh, that uh, I think is unique is uh, we do a lot of DJ marketing outside stores, and we've got a full-time person on staff that does that, and he visits uh, all of the different markets we're in, uh, and that's all he does. We set up a tent, uh, we play festive Latino music uh, that you can hear from about half a mile away, and we create uh, an exciting and uh, a very unique atmosphere uh, around the store for a few hours. And uh, that tends to draw people in. And, uh, you know, we give away T-shirts and, and uh, caps and free pizzas and uh, try to create some uh, very personal interaction uh, with, with our core customer that's out there or, or who we want to be our customer. So music is a big part of your promotional efforts? It is. It is. Yeah, we've, we've even had um, some uh, songs written uh, that uh, we've aired uh, that aren't traditional radio commercials, but uh, songs that integrate our brand into a, a reggaeton format, for example, and uh, talk about the names of our pizzas, uh, La Patrona, La Mexicana, La Hawaiiana, uh, kind of a play on words between uh, a beautiful... Hispanic women or, or a pizza, and uh, so we've, uh, we use uh, some of that in our DJ marketing and, and when we're at events, and it helps us be more relevant, uh, particularly towards the, the younger crowd, uh, and, and, and just helps make a little bit more of a personal connection that has nothing to do with food, and uh, we, we like that. Are most of your communications in English or in Spanish? Do you... Do you follow that uh, closely? 
Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a bit of a juggling act, and we continue to learn uh, what the best approach is. Uh, uh, when it comes to television and radio, most uh, everything we do is uh, is Spanish language. Uh, now, there are, are markets like uh, El Paso and San Antonio where there's a l large segment of those uh, Hispanic populations there that are English-speaking dominant, so we do some English advertising as well. So we try to get a feel for the particular market and, and what the needs are and then uh, adjust what we do accordingly, uh, all within the framework of uh, it's got to be distinctly Hispanic in its focus uh, or we won't do it. Uh, at the store level, uh, most of our stuff, uh, our menu boards, for example, uh, in the stores are in English. Uh, they actually have a mix of English and Spanish on them, uh, and the Spanish words that are used translate very easy. So if somebody that doesn't speak Spanish or isn't Hispanic comes into the store, uh, they're not stuck. They, they can read the words uh, that are on our menu that are in Spanish uh, without any difficulty. Funny thing is, we, we did a test uh, about a year ago uh, here in Dallas. Uh, we built a new store uh, uh, in, in an area called Irving, which had a very dense Hispanic population and a, a, a predominantly Spanish-speaking population. And we thought this would be a perfect store to put a Spanish-language menu board in the store and go all Spanish inside the store. And uh, we really thought that... Uh, it would be a hit. And uh, the day we put the Spanish menu board in the store, we started getting phone calls and complaints, and uh, I couldn't believe the the backlash we got from uh, our Hispanic customers. They didn't like it. So uh, even though the language spoken across the counter uh, is Spanish, uh, probably 95% of the time in that store, uh, the customers didn't like reading uh, the menu board in Spanish. And that's one of those things that uh, you just can't know uh, ahead of time. Uh, you know, you, you take your, your best guess and uh, as educated a guess as possible, and sometimes you, you miss the mark. And so we, we learn from experiences like that. You know, the idea uh, for us uh, is to uh, always work within the boundary of reaching the Hispanic customer, but within that boundary, keeping uh, the appeal as broad uh, as possible, which is a challenge. It's, it's, it's a big challenge. Did they say why they objected to the Spanish message board? Uh, it, it was hard to get any feedback uh, uh, beyond just that they didn't like it. They, would, they preferred to read it in English. And I don't know if it was uh, a level of, of reading uh, that was the problem uh, or just, uh, you know, habits, um, you know, but we, we learned real quick that we needed to change it because uh, uh, it was uh, an issue that, that caused enough tension in the store uh, that, that uh, uh, caused us to make a decision to, uh, to replace it quickly. On that topic, other than when you get immediate phone calls from customers about a Spanish language message board, do you have a formalized way of measuring the impact of your different outreach efforts? We're a pretty small company, 
still, and we, we try to gather as much information as we can. Uh, you know, a lot of times we rely on feedback from uh, our franchisees uh, when, when we run different tests in, in different markets. And, uh, you know, it's not, not very sophisticated yet. And uh, a lot of that is due to the fact of, of our size and our resources. Uh, but we are able to, to track, uh, you know, we, we do run some marketing programs where uh, people do have to bring uh, a certificate back to the store, for example, to redeem it. And that helps us uh, get a sense of um, what, what kind of a response uh, we get to, uh, to the promotion that, that we've put out there. What are you planning for the future? I know you have a lot of expansion plans in terms of geography, but are there any plans in the works from a marketing standpoint, any new campaigns or any new products, say like frozen pizza, anything like that? Well, we're looking at expanding our menu uh, a little bit uh, to help us be more competitive. Uh, when, we, when we started uh, a few years back franchising, all we had on our menu was pizza and half pizzas, uh, which was something that we do that's unique. Um, and since then, we've added dipping sauces uh, and, and wings, and uh, our franchisees have been clamoring for breadsticks and, and dessert items. So we're in the process of uh, developing those right now, and I would expect before the end of the year that we'll uh, have added those into our system. Uh, anything we do, uh, we want it to be proprietary. We just don't want it to be run-of-the-mill, so it takes a little bit longer for us, I think, than uh, it might for some other concepts. Uh, but we want it to be great, so um, that uh, determines the, the, sometimes the time it takes in our in, in our decision-making process. Um, we've got aggressive plans for growth, uh, both domestically uh, and uh, throughout Mexico. Uh, we're, we're going to Mexico in a in a couple weeks for a franchise exposition in Mexico City, and uh, we're going to begin pursuing uh, the business development down there so we're very excited about that uh, we've got some other uh, marketing and branding strategies that uh, I can't disclose yet uh, that we're also excited about this year uh, but uh, believe me uh, if, if they come through um, you'll know about them you'll tell us on the next interview <laughs> absolutely absolutely but, uh, you know, we, we've got a big vision for this company. You know, we'll never be as big as a Pizza Hut or a Domino's, uh, but uh, because of our brand focus, but there is a tremendous uh, opportunity for growth uh, for us and uh, to become a very recognized chain, uh, not only in this country, but down in Mexico as well. What advice, Andrew, would you share with our listeners? We have small companies and large companies and communicators and advertisers. We have a really broad spectrum of listeners in terms of their diversity. But what advice would you share from your perspective in terms of tools that are effective and affordable in reaching out to Hispanic consumers? Probably the best advice I could give would be make a commitment uh, to be involved at the community level. Uh, there's just a myriad of community events uh, w for reaching the Hispanic community, whether it's at, at churches, uh, and there's some very large churches that hold big events, to health fairs, 
um, uh, book fairs uh, and, and the traditional festivals that take place. I would say make a commitment to be uh, a visible part uh, of the community uh, at community events like that. And it's, it's very inexpensive to do, uh, but it is time-consuming, requires manpower, and, uh, you know, from uh, that perspective, uh, it's, it's much more difficult. It's inexpensive, but it requires a lot of effort uh, from a lot of people to make those things happen successfully. And uh, I think that's why uh, we don't see uh, as many people involved uh, at that level uh, as we might, because it's, it's easier to write a check, uh, you know, and, and, and print an ad and, and have somebody mail it out for you than it is to show up uh, on a particular day uh, at an event uh, and, and, and make personal connections uh, within the community. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Andrew Gam, Director of Brand Development of Pizza Patron, Inc., brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at hispanicmpr.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.